Hello, and welcome to another episode of the East Anglian Theatre Podcast. Hi folks, welcome back. Yes, like buses, you wait ages for me to put out an episode, and then two come along at once. But, unlike buses, old people don't ride me for warmth. Now, what kind of welcome is that? Hi everyone, my name is Ray Tempester, and I am the rather shambolic host, the bus driver if you will, that takes you on a whistle-stop tour of the theatrical happenings in our region. If you've not listened before, it's not too late to hop on board, and in each episode we take a familiar route. The first stop on our trip is where I tell you a bit about what I've been up to lately in the world of theatre. The second stop is much longer, it's the equivalent of that stop where the bus driver turns the engine off and steps out to have a fag, as we the passengers get comfortable on the bus as I interview a guest or guests about their current production. And the final leg of our journey takes us all over East Anglia, as I take a quick look at what's happening at venues in Norfolk, Suffolk and Cambridgeshire. That's all coming up of course, but first, here's a bit about my social media accounts. They exist. They won't change your life, but if you feel so inclined, give them a like, a follow, a share, or whatever. The East Anglian Theatre Podcast has a presence on Facebook, Instagram, X, and TikTok. And there's also a website, eatpod.co.uk. That's eatpod.co.uk. Here you'll find all previous episodes of the podcast, a collection of my theatre reviews, and a page to contact me if you want to tell me to give it a rest, or if you want to be featured on an episode. Your choice. But anyway, on to section one, and in the last episode, I gave you a thorough update as to what I've been up to lately, and in the space of a week, little else has happened, to be honest. I've had a rehearsal for the production of Season's Greetings by Alan Akebourne, which will be at Sheringham Little Theatre next month, but other than that, nothing's happened. I will be seeing a couple of shows in the next week or so, with 2.22 A Ghost Story coming up at Norwich Theatre Royal, and that's swiftly followed by 1984, an adaptation of the George Orwell classic. I mentioned that on last week's shoutouts, and that's taking place at Sewell Barn Theatre. They've actually got an author, DJ Taylor, who has written a biography of George Orwell, coming in to do a Q&A session after each show on the Friday, so that'll be interesting to be involved in. But yeah, keep an eye out for my review of both of those productions. But anyway, let's move swiftly on to section two, and this time I'd like to introduce you to a writer and an actor, both of whom are involved in a production of an original play called Splinter, which is touring to venues in East Anglia throughout October. Their names are Martha Loder and Sarah Livingston. Martha has written the play, and Sarah is an actor performing with Play Nicely Theatre as they tour the production. So without further ado, let's have a chat with Martha and Sarah, shall we? Hi there, Martha and Sarah. It's lovely to speak with you both. Now, we're here to talk in the main about Splinter, the play that you, Martha, have written and is going to be touring at venues in East Anglia and London throughout October and there's a bit of November and December as well, isn't it? Before we do that, actually, a question I wanted to ask of you, Martha. Now, I need to plead ignorance, first of all, because when I was told I'd be interviewing you, it was mentioned that you were the recipient of the Judges Award for the Bruntwood Prize for Playwriting for your play called Bindweed. Yeah. I have to admit, I was sort of none the wiser of the significance of the award. And it was only when I subsequently spoke to a friend of mine who happens to be an aspiring writer herself. She kind of put me straight and told me what a prestigious prize that was. So from your perspective, how was it to win? 
Oh, I mean, completely unbelievable, to be honest. <laughs> I was also in New Zealand when the awards happened. So I was doing exactly what we're doing now. And uh, I was on Zoom uh, at about four o'clock in the morning. It was it was very it was very surreal, to be honest. And uh, yeah, and it was really sad to have missed the award ceremony because it was just lovely to be part of that. Uh, you know, a really supportive cohort of of shortlisted writers who I think were all just delighted to be part of that so I yeah I have mm. no no concept that it would it would get any further than that to even be shortlisted was just such a such a dream really mm. uh, and to blow some further smoke up your ass you also won the award <laughs> a few years before that for the uh, promising young playwright at the ink festival in 2019 now d- does winning a couple of awards I suppose fairly early on into your career does that bring with it its own pressures oh I mean well maybe talk to me in a few years but um <laughs> um I, I mean, I, it's it's a really interesting question. I, we've literally just been talking about this, about how how different everyone's writing careers are. And, and I think everyone has such a different experience of, of becoming a writer. And I think because for a number of years now, I've just been working quite a lot through East Anglia. So, so the Bromwood was kind of the most, uh, I suppose, the biggest prize in the sense that it, it perhaps helped me more nationally because I've been working sort of much more locally and on a local level so have you found it's opened some doors yeah certainly I mean it's got me an agent and it's got me sort of um meeting more people really and and having conversations that perhaps I wouldn't have been having before but um yeah I I think in some ways you just sort of get on with the job that's handed to you don't you so um Mm. there's a lot Thing, of, of course um and it's and it's certainly opened some doors but it yeah I don't know I don't know if I feel the pressure of it yet but maybe it will come <laughs> let's hope not Let, let's stop dwelling on the past I can see Sarah's <laughs> looking bored she's probably heard this over and over again and on to the present and splinter so I guess the most obvious question is what's the play all about so splinter really is about a couple who are facing an, uh, a young onset dementia um, diagnosis and but it but fundamentally it's a love story I wanted to write a Richard Curtis rom-com um, and this is my sort of attempt at that so it's really about two people falling in love and facing some challenges along the way and what's your role in it Sarah I play the younger version of one half of that couple and I think it should be said as well that it is, even though the subject matter is, I think, sometimes heavy at times, it is very funny. There are lots of funny bits, just like in life, I suppose. Yeah. Hmm. So I think you've managed your rom-com brief very well. Right. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so with the theme of dementia running through it, not to put too fine a point on it, but if, if it's not too personal a question, was it a personal experience that made you want to write about the topic? Yes, and I I suppose for most people, I don't know many people that don't have some experience of dementia, and I think that's why it's such an interesting topic to to look at because it's such a universal experience in some ways, but it's also such a unique experience because my sister works with the Alzheimer's Society, and as she says, if you've met one person with dementia, you've met one person with dementia, and it's very true, isn't it? I think everyone has a very personal relationship with it and it's a it's a pretty devastating thing 
but it's you know we're trying to also look at at some of the joy that comes out of these things when people are faced with massive adversity and I had real pleasure of listening to or talking to a lot of people who were affected by dementia last year when we were doing some development work on it and so heard you know so many different stories and that's really fed into the play as well so yeah it's it's very personal but it's also trying to trying to expand it into into sort of everyone else's experiences to a certain Mm. extent universality with it yeah and Sarah for you as an actor in the production what what do you anticipate that audiences will or how how will they react to your piece I I wonder um we will see soon I'm sure (laughs) but I think I think what I would take away as an audience member is that the life that comes before these you know these things that happen to us when we we grow older and the reality is it does happen to many of us that doesn't sort of go anywhere that happened and while maybe you know some of us can't remember it's still it's so powerful for the ones left behind and I think whilst that is really sad and is something to reflect on the joy doesn't go away either I think that that does you know leave a lasting imprint as much as what causes the sadness of you know this this person sort of departing from their you know the person that they used to be yeah Mm. Uh, and the I mean the production it's the 5th of October that we're talking now it's due to open somewhere in Norfolk on the 10th how's it shaping up so far in rehearsals really well (laughs) (laughs) it's 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 interesting we're um doing lots with the 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 set moves around a lot I think whilst the the character so Maggie is um the character who is the one who experiencing the early onset dementia. And as her condition deteriorates, whilst we jump around in time a little bit, the the set sort of starts reflecting that. So I think that should be, you know, an interesting thing for the for the audience to sort of observe and see how her how she's feeling reflected in the world around her. Mm. So hopefully that'll be super clear um, <laughs> by the time Tuesday rolls around. Yeah. But I, I can recall that there was a, there was a rehearsed reading, wasn't there, for it last year? I can remember seeing it advertised. H- how did that go down? And has there been subsequent kind of preview performances? Yeah, so we we had a, a research and development week um, in sort of July last year, and had a small audience, really just to get a bit of feedback. And it's you know um, it's a complicated play in some ways because, like Sarah's saying about the the set. Uh, the the structure of the play also sort of starts to deteriorate as well so um it's it is a bit of a beast isn't it and we we really just wanted to make sure that audiences could kind of follow along with with the story that we're trying to tell um so that was a really great part of the process actually to just get some get some live feedback on a kind of early version of it and then i redrafted it a little bit ahead of this rehearsal period but no when it goes out next week it will be the first the first full production so so once you've you've handed the script over how much involvement do you then have with the company that's producing it I mean it really depends on on how (laughs) how companies like to work how I work with directors so Amy Wiley the director and I have had quite a lot of conversation about this obviously because we've done this whole development process on it before 
I was able to sort of hand hand it over really and that's really where her her expertise come in now so it's quite a liberating thing actually to just sort of hand it over and be like great what are you going to do with it you know I've I've come into rehearsals a little bit but not not much at all and so yeah I've just I've been I've fallen off the map and <laughs> that's and that's a really lovely part of it as well as you know it's such a theatre such a collaborative process that it's really lovely to to work with people who bring their own expertise into something and you know mm. to step back and let them do that really yeah and what about you as a writer Martha how, how do you view your role as a, a writer you know are you, are you writing predominantly I'm sort of thinking of Bindweed and Splinter as my only reference points here but are you writing predominantly to inform and entertain at the same time Gosh, that's yeah, it's a really interesting question. I mean, that's that's the sort of BBC principles, isn't it? Educate, inform, entertain. I think. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I I pers- I've realised in the last few years because I don't think I, I don't really have a topic that I like to write about, and it sort of depends on on what catches my eye, or you know, perhaps if someone's come to me with an idea, or this is something that we've sort of worked on together. But I find it quite a journalistic process now. I really like researching plays and just really embedding myself in the world uh, around me. And I think it's my way of sort of processing what's going on in this crazy world, really. And so it's probably quite a selfish endeavour from that point of view, because it is a funny time of life to be in. And I think maybe that's, that's always how writers have approached the world is, is sort of finding a way of expressing how you feel about something or something really for me that I'm not sure about. I like to ask very open-ended questions and not really answer things because I think that's what theatre is is great at doing. It's sort of making people think about the, that's the provoking about thought, them. making them ask questions. Absolutely, yeah. And, and do you write solely for theatre or is there other mediums for your work? Yeah, mostly theatre, to be honest. It's been my um, my sort of first love, really. But I am starting to have a few conversations with people about about telly and about film and um, moving a bit into those worlds as well. But they they're not worlds I know very well, so it's a that's also quite a learning experience for me at the mm-hmm. moment. And this is really for both of you a bit to do with your how you got your start and what what sparked your interest really in in theatre. Oh, um, it was a. I was, I was very young. I used to go to a, a drama club after school called Dragon Drama. Shout out! And it was just the most magical thing I'd ever done. And it was just all about play. I think often drama clubs, what for children can often be. A, there's too much emphasis on or getting, you know, becoming an actor. When I, whereas in in this one that I went to. It was just all about the play and, you know, being finding who out who you were and discovering things and just being absolutely allowed to just be absolutely uh, bonkers and mad, <laughs> basically. So I was like, oh, well, if this is what it is, wowee, sign me up. Um, and so I think I've sort of never really let go of that. Uh, quite belligerently, I believe that <laughs> telling stories and um, acting things out and making other people's words and worlds come to life I think that that's like just a really wonderful thing that I love to see done and love to be involved in 
so yeah that's that's it for me mm. yeah mine's really similar in that sense I um I was part of the Suffolk Youth Theatre it was run by an incredible guy called Michael Platt who was a a dancer really so a lot of the stuff that we did was very physical and we were just trained really um incredibly sort of he treated us as professionals from 14 and I I loved it and I think I think like Sarah says once you get that bug it's really hard yeah. to let go of it um and I think both of us are sort of trying to leave it at certain points and you know you get almost brought yeah. back into the vortex yeah. of it yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. so by the sounds of it, you've kind of let go of one element of stage work in terms of taking a step back and rather than being on stage, you're writing for the stage. But was there anything that particularly sparks your interest in writing for the stage? I mean, to be completely honest, it was a, it was an opportunity to write things that I could then be in. Because, <laughs> you know, it is hard as an actor. Um, there There isn't much, you know, there are lots of actors and not much work. Um, particularly interesting work, particularly interesting work for women. All of those things, I think, were a real driving force for me to begin with. And a lot of the early work that I did, I was also in. We had a few kind of local commissions and partly due to funding and partly due to probably my own arrogance. Um, (laughs) I was I was write the theme tune, sing the theme tune for a long time. but I think that that sort of teaches you a lot of skills. And I learned how to be a producer from that. And that's been a lot of my bread and butter since then as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I really miss acting. And but I think it's it's um, again, we were saying this earlier. Right? I think it's a really fundamental part of of writing for me. I think understanding how people talk and how actors pick up a script um, has been a really big part of of how I've learned to write really Mm. and are you able to tell us what's coming up next for you as actor and writer here (laughs) so I I am an associate artist at the uh, New Wolsey Theatre and um, as is Amy Wiley as well with her theatre company which is great so we'll be working on something um, over the next uh, year or so um, with Doug Rental for a kind of commission for for something for Ipswich, which is really exciting. And Bindweed is going into development, which is great. So we've got a few weeks of work on that in a few weeks' time. Uh, sorry, a few days. <laughs> too too many weeks of development would be too much for that. But um, And then we go on tour with that next year. I'm working on a commission with Menagerie Theatre Company in Cambridge, which is really exciting. So I'm just in the writing process of that at the moment. And then I... I'm part of the Genesis Foundation scheme at the Almeida as well, which is a two-year commission scheme. So that will start in earnest uh, in November, which is really exciting. So it'll take me through to 2025. Wow. Plenty of irons in the fire then. Yeah. And unlike Martha, I'm not very busy. So if anyone comes to see Splinter and wants me to be in their play, then please (laughs) let me know. He's brilliant. <laughs> <Can't confirm. laughs> well, if there's any justice in the world, I'm sure you'll be picked up. Um, well, thank you for both for your time, Martha and Sarah. It's been lovely to chat with you and good luck with the tour when it opens in a few days' time and I hope it's well received. Thanks so much, Ray. Thank Thanks for having us. Me. 
So there we have it. That was Martha Loder, writer of Splinter, and Sarah Livingston, an actor in the production, which is about to open at venues in East Anglia. If you'd like to catch one of their shows, they are playing Deep Breath at the following venues. So it opens on the 10th at the Key Theatre in Sudbury, that's Key with a Q, then at the Mercury Theatre in Colchester on the 11th. They then go to the Theatre Royal Bury St Edmunds on the 12th of October, the Garage in Norwich on the 13th of October, the Southwold Arts Centre on the 14th of October, the Place in Bedford on the 18th of October, Alsham Town Hall on the 19th of October, Sir John Mills Theatre on the 20th of October, the Key Theatre in Peterborough on the 21st of October. They've then got a couple of dates in Worcestershire and somewhere in Essex, before coming back to Suffolk for a show at the Cut in Halesworth on the 26th of October, the Seagull Theatre in Lowestoft on the 27th of October, and they finish up at the Fisher Theatre in Bungie on the 28th of October. Whew! Your best bet for tickets is to find them on Ticket Source. Right, what else is coming up in the region in the next few weeks? Well, firstly... Echo Youth Theatre is performing Twelfth Night at the Madder Market in Norwich. Now, I was invited to come along to a rehearsal with a view to interviewing some of the cast and production team, but unfortunately I wasn't able to schedule time ahead of their show in late October as I've already got a couple of interviews lined up. But what I can tell you is, having seen a handful of their productions and also featured them on here as guests, Echo always produce a high standard of show. The script for this production has been adapted by company director Kate Pantry, She's pulled inspiration from American teen movies of the late 90s and early 2000s and infused it with Shakespeare's wonderful prose to come up with a very unique spin on the classic romantic comedy. It's on in the half-term week as well, with performances between the 25th and 28th of October. If you don't fancy a late night, it starts at 5.30pm on the 26th of October and there's also a matinee on the Saturday too. Tickets for Twelfth Night are available via madamarket.co.uk. Staying at the Madder Market and just before Echo opened their production, Norfolk's improv comedy specialist, the Intellectual Hooligans, are celebrating their 10th anniversary at the Madder Market Theatre on the 21st of October. Tickets for their very special birthday show are available also via maddermarket.co.uk. Also in Norfolk, Swaffham Players is performing a bunch of amateurs, the comedy by Ian Hislop and Nick Newman. It's on at Swaffham Conservative Club on the 20th and 21st of October. Tickets can be purchased via the club itself or from Market Cross Cafe. Over in Suffolk and Sudbury Dramatic Society are auditioning for a Harold Pinter and Samuel Beckett double bill, two one-act plays called The Dumb Waiter and Crap's Last Tape. The auditions are set to take place on the 25th of October. For more details, visit sudburydramatic.com. Please, sir, we want some more. Well, you're in luck, son, because also in Suffolk, Bury St Edmunds Operatic and Dramatic Society is performing Oliver at the Theatre Royal in Bury. It's on between the 17th and 21st of October and tickets can be purchased via theatreroyal.org. At the ADC Theatre in Cambridge, you can catch The Welkin. Now, you may have heard me mention the play before. Lucy Kirkwood's epic atmospheric play is on from the 24th to the 28th of October and tickets are available via adctheatre.com. Now, if you're interested in seeing the show, may I also recommend listening to the episode that I recorded with Lucy Kirkwood as it features some wonderful insights into the play and she was a wonderful guest too. 
And that, folks, is all I have time for. As usual, I'll post links for all the shows mentioned, as well as some others that I haven't had time to feature. Thanks so much for listening to me, Martha and Sarah ramble on. And tune in next time to hear from Greg Hansen of Bring Out Your Dead Theatre, ahead of his special Halloween production. Until then, take care of yourselves and go watch some theatre. Bye. (laughs) 